Hey guys, Jason Davis here. Uh, with everything that's going on out there in culture, in the school system, especially the public school system, right? And drag shows and everything in between, our kids are under attack daily. And that's why I wanted to tell you today about the Tuttle Twins books. Tuttle Twins is really, it's the only books uh, that I know of for kids that really help them develop critical thinking skills about real world concepts, economies, finance, government, freedom, liberty, the free market, how to be self-reliant and outside the system. Right now, we just all have to recognize the world's full of companies and people and politicians that want to expose and influence our kids and in ideas that we don't support. And so that includes school teachers, unfortunately. So Tuttle Twins empowers parents. I encourage you to check them out at TuttleTwins.com or if you go to my website at DontTreadOnLiberty.com and go to Freedom Partners under Tuttle Twins, there is a special offer for you. So DontTreadOnLiberty.com under Freedom Partners. Check out the Tuttle Twins and we do have a special offer for you. Well, let's get back to the show. I hope you enjoy this week. God bless. Fighting back against the left's nonstop attacks on liberty, freedom, and America. America. This is Don't Tread on Liberty. Jason Davis is on the air. Hey, welcome back to Don't Tread on Liberty. Thank you for being here. Um, with everything that's going on uh, in the state, I have a very special guest here to help fill us in on all the latest developments and maybe some of the behind the the scenes types of things that are going on. It's uh, Representative John Fillmore. He's a legislative district 16 representative here in Arizona. John, thanks for being here. How are you? I am good, sir. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. So let's start with the elections. And before I get to the most recent uh, developments that may, may be happening, take us back several weeks ago when you know, Rudy Giuliani was here, presented evidence in front of the, the uh, House and Senate bodies and, and all of that. From what I've seen, the appearance of voter fraud is pretty significant. And obviously, things started to kind of move after that in, in the House chamber and in the Senate. But for you, when you heard the evidence yourself, I mean, what was your takeaway? I, without a, a doubt, believe that uh, President Trump won this election. I believe that we're in a very precarious and dangerous position. We are borderline to almost civil war with some people's uh, uh, looking at, at uh, this election and the way it, it, it is being handled. It seems pretty uh, evident. Of the elections. Yeah, it seems pretty evident, not just here, but in, in multiple states, right? Oh, absolutely. I've been on Zoom meetings with people from... Uh, North Carolina and Pennsylvania and, and some of the other states, and we've talked about some of the things and the total frustration. And, and let me keep this more local and stay with Arizona because uh, I put out a letter probably a month and a half ago, long before this started coming to a head, because I was concerned of the timeline. I sent a letter to the governor, the Speaker of the House, and President of the Senate, Karen Fan. I said that we needed to have an immediate hand count. I also sent it every one of the um, county recorders and uh, supervisors in the state. I said we needed to have a hand count and we needed to have an investigation of the data uh, systems and not one responded. There are a group of representatives that are good and solid and there are some 
such as, in my opinion, the Speaker of the House mm -hmm. uh, and some of those that are more of um, a milk toast or softer on uh, the concerns of, of this election. The response that we were getting was they wouldn't call us back in so that we could deal with it. Uh, that uh, when we'd say, look, we need to talk about this, they say, where's the proof? My attitude it was to them that, hey, if you don't do the investigation, how the hell can we find the truth uh, and the proof? And uh, they didn't do anything. And, and I, I, I do sincerely feel in my heart that certain people in leadership have been slow walking this and trying to do everything they can to have the calendar run out because we do have a calendar that's going to be ticking and it's going to come to a head on January 6th. Mm -hmm. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, extremely dis, uh, uh, disenchanted with, uh, with the leadership and what we've been doing so much so that uh, I actually, in a uh, closed caucus meeting, asked for uh, uh, an election to be held to replace the speaker. And, you know, when a, a representative does something like that, I mean, uh, last year I was vice chairman of the education committee and I was looking forward to because of my uh, position uh, in serving in the past on appropriations in education. I'm having a chairmanship. No, I, I have no vice chairmanship, no chairmanship. I've been removed from education. I've been removed from appropriations and I'm on a... Uh, uh, I am still on the elections committee, but uh, it's just kind of relegated to the back because I have challenged leadership. I believe we need a new speaker of the house. Well, you're and, not the you're not the first person I've heard that from. Believe me. I, and and that I do understand. I want some uh, people out there to know that there are some good solids, and and you uh, have been very uh, lucky to be a representative. Uh, you know, of course I like to say by myself some people might disagree but kelly townsend is a strong conservative she goes off on her own little tangents sometimes that i don't really appreciate but she's going to be your state senator now and she is a hardcore conservative and david barnsworth who has been your state senator um uh, you know has been a solid conservative and solid on these issues and that and uh, the new person that um and, and i helped uh recruit her and, and bring her on board uh, jacqueline parker uh, yeah jackie jackie is a good solid conservative and a great person um she's uh she'll be a good uh voice for her there are a group of us we call ourselves the fight club we're really the uh, the conservative caucus at the mm -hmm. state legislature Mm -hmm. uh, we are, we meet uh, kind of uh, under the wire. We don't let people really know who uh, is uh, members. And uh, we're looking at what we have to do next year to try to stop everything. But right now, I, everybody is just worried about getting to, uh, to the section because with the election coming up on January 6th, and I am privy to a lot of different groups and some people that uh, have invited me in and, and things of that nature. Uh, you know, uh, uh, there's a lot of angst and underlying uh, fear about what is coming up before then and what mm -hmm. the response is going to be. And, you know, we're just kind of doing the best we can. Now, what is going on with Maricopa County? I mean, the Arizona Senate subpoenas the voting records the county files suit to block it, and a judge basically says that uh, he's not going to uphold the subpoena. Is that about right? 
Yeah, that's about it. And quite frankly, every one of those Maricopa County Board of Supervisors should be recalled. I live in Pinal County, or I would be helping to lead on that charge. Uh, those people are, are uh, basically just thumbing their nose at the uh, Republican electric and, uh, and just doing it. You know, here's the thing is that when you look at the machines and they think, if you have nothing to hide, mm-hmm. why not let us look at them? Yeah. Why not let us have a, a forensic uh, investigation of them? You know, I have actually seen on some of the Zoom meetings that I've been on, and they have presented evidence, and I've heard a lot of it. And I've heard enough that you will never, ever convince me that this uh, is not a huge amount of fraud. And I say that not only as a uh, an elected official, but as a grandfather and, and, and a patriot that's very concerned about our country. In an election, people are voting. Every time they add, they cast a vote, they add numbers. Why would there be, as I have seen in some data analysis, subtractions mm-hmm. for any reason in an election? They're playing a, what they call fraction magic. They're giving fractions of votes um, instead of whole votes. I, I've seen that too, and that's something that's... Yeah, some, uh, there's no such thing as a fractured uh, 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 vote. There's no, uh, uh, it's it's a vote. It should and, be a vote. You're absolutely right. But but the way these machines count, you know, that's the predominating well, theme here is that these machines are counting just fractions of votes instead of whole votes. We'll see. They're, but they're not. To me, because I want you to understand and follow the sequence. This is what I go through. Uh, in that is that that ballot is fed into the machine. That ballot reads several things. It reads your name, it reads your voter identification number, and then it reads the people who you vote for. Now, how they count it, or or however they want to say they count it, it doesn't matter because that information is what is used by all of the recorders to go on to voter data files, which, you know, uh, I uh, spend a lot of money. I just bought one on uh, everybody that voted in uh, LD16 here uh, just in January 3rd. cost me a couple hundred dollars out of my personal pro- uh, pocket because I wanted to see who voted and who didn't. And um, uh, I can't tell how they voted, but I know that they did vote. But that information is there. And I've seen data analysis where they list that information and it'll show a name, it'll show a, a vote, it shows in that data because it, what that computer does is just read that ballot. And when it reads it, it has to put it into some kind of data that can be understood by the humans that are operating it. And so it is transacted that way. And when a person would look at it, if you've ever seen a data sheet coming off a computer, you see a lot of uh, different signs and numbers and that, but you also see letters and you see things and that. But there should never be a negative because voting is positive. Correct. I vote, you vote, three. And that's all that we've been asking for is let's uh, do an analysis of it. My concern is, is as, as severe as this is, is that what's going to happen 
is because there are so many naysayers out there and people that don't want to belly up and understand that uh, the, how important this is and how dangerous this is, is that uh, a lot of Americans will just say, well, you know, you kind of got to go along because all of the news media and the fake news media and that that's out there is saying, well, Biden won. Biden did better. You'll never convince me otherwise. Now, you alluded earlier to January 6th. So that's the deadline, um, you know, for the electors, of course. And there's been talk here, and Kelly Townsend is, is, has pushed this a little bit, uh, about sending a second slate. A second slate has been sent, but we have to follow a lot of procedures. Uh, Jason, I will tell you, I don't have much faith in, in the second slate. And the reason I don't is because I don't believe that members of Congress will uh, uh, do what has to be done to accept that second slate. And I'm frustrated. Um, you know, and I come from a background where I don't have the formal education of a lot of people do. And so I've had to really, you know, pick up a lot of books to understand some of this stuff. But uh, I'm a, a, you know, an ex-wife used to call me a fixer. You've got a problem, let's fix it. We have a problem, and I've been looking at the system, and I know some of the legislation I'm going to be proposing over the next couple of years, uh, next session specifically, uh, to fix the system. But uh, I think that they have been purposely slow walking us, knowing that come January 6th, it's going to be almost impossible to call the election back unless we get some kind of movement from the uh, United States Supreme Court or something, but they seem to take the position that, you know, uh, they can put it out past uh, the election. Yeah, they don't want to get involved. I don't think they want to uh, get into it. Um, okay, so you, you're you on the election committee. You just mentioned legislation you want to introduce. What kinds of legislation are you going to propose? Here's the kind of legislation that I'm going to introduce that a lot of people may not like what I'm going to introduce. But first things first, first thing we have to do is the Democrats in the, on the federal level years ago passed what they call the motor voter registration, which is where if a new person coming to Arizona can go on to the Arizona uh, site, file for a driver's license, and then without, uh, they just have to state that they are an American citizen. And uh, it's almost, uh, they, they, they are allowed to vote then on a federal ballot. They do not vote on local issues. They do not vote for me or Kelly or any of the state offices. But someone on there that can claim to be an American citizen can vote for our congressman, our senator at the federal level and president. Some states require the first time you apply for, an Arizona, for a driver's license, such as Utah, you must physically go into and bring proof of residency, a birth certificate, thing of that nature, and that prior to ever being issued a driver's license. I am going to uh, submit that, and I am already lobbying some of the other legislatures to support that that's what we go do from here on in. Second of all, I'm going to try to abolish the mail-in voting. A lot of people like it. It's convenient. It's that. Well, the fact of the matter is, is that this mail inviting is where a lot of the fraud, I believe, can come into play and has come into play. So what I am proposing is that we get rid of mail-in uh, voting, but we allow early voting. But the only early voting that we're going to allow is that uh, 
in our 15 counties uh, at the county recorder's office, or uh, if the county recorder has a satellite office, or at up to, for instance, in the smaller counties, two or three other voting centers, which are governed and uh, controlled by uh, state employees. For a month, you can go in and vote, but you have to vote in person. And when you vote in person, I am going to say that we need to require a form of government issued identification. No more of bringing in a, as right now you can in some instances, bring in a, um, uh, just a receipt for a, uh, a light bill or a utility bill or anything to validate that's who you are. You must have government issued identification or and your birth certificate and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. uh, they're going to scream that I am suppressing the votes. I'm not suppressing the votes by any means. I don't want to suppress any votes. What I want to do is protect the votes. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think we need to have uh, ID requirement for sure. I Absolutely. I agree that we probably should do away with mail-in voting. And I'd like to see us get rid of these machines. Uh, I would as well. And as a matter of fact, I will tell you that I am meeting tomorrow with the chairman of the uh, Appropriations Committee to talk about some of the things that she is looking at. That uh, I'm in the House of Representatives. We control the purse strings. Mm -hmm. One of the first things they're going to be asking me is, what's on your plate, Fillmore? What would you like to do? And I'm going to tell them that I would like the state of Arizona to belly up to the bar and allocate as much as up to $50 million, which is a big sum of money, for all new counting data processing equipment statewide, which is statewide. One system, everybody's on the same system. Right now, Maricopa County is the county that has been using the system that is most suspect, which is called Dominion. Mm -hmm. And uh, that, uh, you know, the, even the former Maricopa County recorder who had been there for many years came out and said, oh, I've used Dominion for a long time and I trust it. Well, you know what? Maybe she trusted it and maybe the current administration trusts it. But I'll tell you who does not trust that. And that's the people out there in the district that make the votes and the people that count. That's you and I. We don't trust it. And the reason we don't trust it is because they don't allow us to have the analysis that we need to have at to look at it and ensure that it is done right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a big problem when they don't want to show any anybody anything about yeah, it. And, very big problem. Absolutely. You know, and they've already proven the guy in Michigan who sued and got the machines, he already proved that it was throwing votes for uh, Biden. So, you don't find that on the evening news, do you? Not, no, not too much. Not too much. So election's a big problem. We could probably spend all week talking about it. Um, but I do want to get to a couple other things with you. So COVID, you know, I'm, I'm pretty safe to assume that you're a freedom-loving guy, right? That's what it seems like to me. I'm not only a freedom-loving guy. I'm a common-sense kind of guy. Uh, oh. I mean, I, I've, I've had a very good life. I've made a lot, a lot of, uh, of, of money financially. I'm okay. I own property in about five different states and that it's just common sense things. From day one when they first initiated COVID, you can actually go back prior to us being uh, released from the legislature in March of last year. I stood up and gave a speech that I did not believe that the that this uh, COVID was anything like they were claiming. I said that the president 
and the governor have been hoodwinked by the medical personnel who I believe were caught off guard, who did not understand. And so as a result, they started the, the tidal wave of saying that, you know, millions could die and things of this nature. And then there was an overreaction. And my feelings are, Jason, is that then so many elected officials bought into that and they couldn't back out of it. What I kept looking at, and I said, I, I believe the reason it's wrong, is I looked at the amount of people who were dying, the amount of people who were getting it, and then all of the different numbers in the propaganda that was, and I call it propaganda because I believe that's what it is, that they were saying that, you know, so many are dying, and then they would change the numbers, and so many people, then we were actually rewarding hospitals financially if you had a death in the hospital, you were getting federal money for having a COVID death. Well, I got to be honest with you. There's probably, you know, from my perspective, a uh, hundred hospitals out there, it says everybody that comes into the hospital today is going to have COVID. End of subject. Why? They needed the money. And, uh, you know, it's a sad thing to say that they, you look at society, that's where it is, but that's what happens in my mind. Well, sure. And there's so much fraud in this whole thing. Um, just from just from the testing that has been proven not to work um, to to how they're recording these numbers, like you just said. But here's the thing. Lockdowns, business restrictions, masks. Now they're coming with the vaccine. OK, uh, um, yes, I, I actually proposed to build uh, the last two years in a row that vaccinations and I got beat up real hard about it when I was talked about and I, I uh, they label me an anti-vaxxer. And I have said that no government ever has a right to tell any individual they have to be vaccinated or their children. And I've proposed legislation as of such, and I've been uh, blocked from presenting that by uh, Representative Udall and by Speaker Bowers from moving mm -hmm. that legislation forward. Yeah. Uh, yes, the, the, and they are gonna be talking. My concern is, is that the way that they're going to do it is they're going to say, okay, we're not going to make it mandatory, but all of a sudden you can't go in a certain store, you can't go into a certain hospital, or you can't fly or anything unless you have either A, proved you've been vaccinated. And, you know, I, I just laugh at them and say, you know, if I was 35 years younger, I'd go out and buy a printing press, I'll be printing out all of the uh, fake vaccination forms you want and get rich. What's the matter with you people? You're crazy. Yeah, I mean, you're right. They're going to make it so it's almost impossible to function in society normally, um, unless you have it. So Doug Ducey, um, you know, ARS 36787, that's, that's the statute that he is using to do all these things. And Finally, it without being in session and, uh, Speaker and the President of the Senate will not bring us back. Right. Now, finally, I see that the Senator from Scottsdale is trying to introduce legislation to rein in the governor's power next session when you guys come back. What kind of traction do you think this is going to get? Is that Michelle Ugente's bills? Yes. God bless her. She's a doll. Uh, yes, uh, I think it'll get traction. I think it's going to be a big fight. And here's where what we're going to do. No Democrat will be on board with this. No Democrat is on board for a lot of issues because they take it so uh, political and that. So we're going to have some uh, Republicans that are going to give us a lot of pushback. But I believe that if this is done correctly and me and members of the Freedom Caucus 
are talking about different strategies that we can utilize to make the uh, snowflakes that are elected <laughs> on the Republican side of the aisle get on board with us to move this forward. Uh, until we're in session, I could not tell you whether it will pass or not pass, but I will tell you there will be a lot of legislation dealing with uh, curtailing the governor's uh, authority in, in many different ways. Whether or not it's as strong as what I would like or some of us would like to see, I don't know. And I, I've learned a long time ago, don't try to guess what's coming at you. I really hope that you guys can get something done on that. Uh, businesses need to be open. They don't need to be restricted. Um, this mass thing, this mass thing, even though the governor did not mandate this for the state, he's allowed the cities to do it and counties to do it. This needs to go away. People need to make their own risk decisions and, and act accordingly. Right. And, and people need to do it. And, and that's going to take me into another, uh, realm altogether. And that, you know, that's education. The whole reason I ran for the uh, legislature years ago when I first ran is I ran a small business. I hired only kids who were non-college oriented or had no uh, desire to go to college. I brought those kids in and I taught them this is what you do. You use common sense. I gave them responsibility and initiative. And they were really able to get, I got some good winners. I got some companies, Red Mountain Air Conditioning, which you may have seen. He, he's... Uh, Terry's got a, probably 40 or 50 trucks out there on the road. He started working for me, and he didn't know what he wanted to do. Didn't, and, that, uh, and I pushed him to, to come work with me and learn how to run a business and then go out and start his own business. And we've got about six businesses. Small business is what moves America. And when the governor and the big corporations are uh, use this COVID to shut us down and hurt the little guy, they are hurting uh, not only capitalism and the free enterprise system, but they're hurting the American uh, backbone. They're hurting our uh, way of life. And uh, this road going down towards socialism is detrimental. We need to change that. And uh, there's some things that, uh, that I'm proposing in education that I have been proposing that I was stymied by Representative uh, Udall, who is chairman of the education uh, committee in the House, and they seat me to the speaker, Rusty Bowers, and both of them have been complicit in holding. For instance, do you know that none of your kids or any of our kids actually have to learn anything in school? We have standards of testing that we are supposed to gauge the, our schools by. But if a kid doesn't learn anything, they are promoted automatically. And, and I've said, no, that's going to end. The kid's got to be able to meet the, uh, the standards established for that grade, or he has to go to summer school and repeat it. And I uh, actually had not one Democrat get on board with me, and I had it killed by one Republican who actually spoke out in support of the bill uh, 24 hours earlier uh, on the floor and then reversed and killed the bill. Now, I've talked with the young lady that did that, the representative, told her the bill's coming back, and that she's got to get on board with us. And uh, she indicated, yeah, she would be up through the fourth grade. And my attitude is that's not going to fly. So we're still in negotiations on this. Uh, my attitude is, what are you saying? That the fifth grade from then on, you can become stupid? We look <laughs> at, you know what the AZ merit scores are. That's yeah, of course. Teach our schools. I'm going to give you an exact example of a school system down in Yuma that had only 9% of its kids pass the AZ Merit math. 
only 7% pass the AZ mirror English. Only 11%, I believe it was, 11 or 13% pass the AZ mirror science portion. But that school has an 84% graduation rate. Now, I don't mean to do really slam the kids out of Yuma, but they're bricks. It's sad. Do you know that our state average does not even have a 50% passing ratio of those uh, kids? We're talking, I'm talking like 46% and 47 or 48% pass the English and math. That means 53% fail, 54% fail. Over half the kids in our state are failing. But the schools are still screaming, give us more money, give us more money. We have 227 school districts. I have proposed from day one that we did school consolidation. We have 227 districts, 15 counties. If we got rid of 100 to 150 districts, I have shown where we can save over $500 million a year. And I've said, give it to the teachers. I don't care if the teachers are making 100000 as long as they're educational, educating those kids. But they're not. And it's frustrating to me. Do you know we have a school district when the average school district gets approximately $45 million? We have a school district with seven kids. We have one with 11, one with 17. Out of the 227 school districts, 106, almost half of them, are only two schools or less. And we could do some consolidation. Some of the programs that, that I fought for uh, that says, for instance, all kids need to know how to do enamorization of a, uh, a loan so that they could understand when they're buying a house or a home. If you're making $10 an hour, you cannot afford a $400,000 house. And that's exactly what was happening here, uh, you know, when we had the housing boom several years ago. And uh, education, we need a total reform on because over half of our kids don't understand a free enterprise system. I proposed a bill that said every kid needs to say in the morning when they get up, they need to see, uh, say the Pledge of Allegiance and have a moment of quiet reflection. Now, I'm not a real religious person. My ex-wife was a pastor at a church, but I, ha I have enough religion uh, in installed in me. They didn't understand, though, when I talked about the pledge. When you take a kid in kindergarten, first grade, second grade, third grade, and they say, I pledge allegiance, that's me. They get the, and the, someone explains to them, that's you. You are pledging. What's pledging mean? That means you're promising allegiance that you would understand and support to the flag. The flag of the United States, people are dying to come to this country, literally dying. And they, they are still today because we are the greatest country in the history of mankind. And I couldn't even get that bill heard because the speaker and uh, Mrs. Bowers wanted to, didn't want to do that. It's coming back. I'm going to bring it back, reintroduce it this year. And I hope I can get some support from people out there to give me some help in getting that across the finish line because our country is being stole. You go back in history, even Adolf Hitler said, give me two generations of schools and I will give you the world. And, well, that's what they've that's what they've done with the teachers union. And, absolutely. you know, this has been this has been going on for more than two generations. Um, university systems a wreck, too. I mean, so, yeah, the, the public education system, I think, is broken. I'm not sure. I love what you're saying. I I. Those are all good things. I just, I'm not sure if it will solve the problem. I mean, look no, at the people. You're right. It's almost like we need to take a whole generation and wipe them off. 
and start over. But, it's it's know, almost like we need to put we need to get the Department of Education out of education. We need to get this back to communities absolutely. and and absolutely. get and get the government out of schooling kids. Absolutely. You know, when our new school superintendent got sworn in, she created a uh, an assistant superintendent of uh, equity. And I fired off almost immediately. Why don't you have an assistant superintendent in charge of uh, math and science and education and all of the important things and forget this equity? We teach our kids about their feelings and rather, I mean, they can't logically think. I have a kid that I hired to work out of Mesa, still works for me, even though I had sold that business. I actually have him opening up a new business for me in another state. Did not know upon graduation who Christopher Columbus was. And he had no interest in going to college, didn't know what he wanted to do. And he's been working for me for about six years. And he is a good kid. I got him totally in charge of running a company in another state all by himself. If you give a kid a little bit of authority, you give them a little bit of responsibility and you hold them accountable for what they have to learn. Kids are like sponges. They suck up that water and the, and the stuff that's out there. They want to learn. I believe that all children do. All kids do. But the, And I believe all teachers want to teach. But I think that we've got the unions and, and some people who just would rather uh, kowtow to the system. And, and you can't throw money. Throwing money is not going to do a damn thing to help our kids. Yeah, it's not. And the more they've thrown money at it, the worse it's gotten. Isn't that the truth? Well, John, I really appreciate you taking some time. It's John Fillmore, LD16 uh, in Arizona. We appreciate your time very much. It was great talking with you. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate the opportunity, sir. Anytime. You take care. Thanks for listening to Don't Tread on Liberty with Jason Davis. Subscribe on Google Play, iTunes, or your favorite platform. For more Liberty news, check out www.donttreadonliberty.com and subscribe to the blog or join the conversation. 